the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, all about the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL. Featuring insider and outsider perspectives, enjoy the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Now here are your hosts, Jess Root and Seth Cox. Hello, Arizona Cardinals fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rise Up Secret Podcast, the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. I'm your host, Jess Root, from Cardswire.com, the USA Today NFL Wire site, covering the Arizona Cardinals. And with me for our first preview show of the week is Seth Cox, my co-host from RevengeOfTheBirds.com, SB Nation's Arizona Cardinals site, and one of the hosts of the original Draft Breakdown podcast. Seth, we already did our review of the Seahawks game. I've already recorded... My preview show with the with former uh, Ravens tight end Daniel Wilcox. Fun fact: He was a high school coach of Jonathan Ledbetter. I found out. Now that oh, episode, nice. I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm that. I will drop that episode and get that set up for Saturday. This one will hit, go live on Friday, um, just as we've been doing. But but I, I mix them up episode numbers. So this is either four seventy eight or four seventy nine. Seth, we have some fun stuff to talk about this show. This is just a little bit more than our normal preview, picks and predictions and props, because Kyler Murray is coming back. Yeah, let's lead with that. So Kyler Murray, (coughs) Kyler Murray on the injury report listed as a full participant on Wednesday and then on Thursday off the injury report. Obviously, what that suggests to the world is that he's ready to be activated from Pup and play on Sunday. But that flies in the face of the report that just came out by Ian Rappaport on Sunday, where he said that the Cardinals intend on using almost all if not all of the three-week practice window, and to peg his return for either November 5th against the Cleveland Browns on their own, seems less likely to me, or November 12th at home against the Atlanta Falcons in Week 10. That seems like a really good match. But could they? What do you think? Like, First, what do you think? I wrote about what it means, but let's talk about what we think. Do you think that Kyler is pushing to be back for a Kyler versus Lamar game at home? Yeah, potentially, but I think more than anything, it's he's pushing to get reps with the first team so he can start to get that familiarity. It's one of the things we talked about last week in that basically right now, this is 100% training camp for him. Uh, You know, he's, he's, getting reps he's getting used to the offense i saw a lot of people you know they're like i don't understand you know if he's healthy why wouldn't they he just be ready to or like physically able why wouldn't he just be ready to go and it's like you have to remember he's not allowed to do anything with the team in terms of nothing on field there were no on physical on field so reps so like at he all. Can't, right he can't even like get under center and take snaps and hand the ball off like that's literally illegal like if they get caught and so at this point they're just you know it's just one of those situations where it's clear that it's it's getting comfortable with and and he's not even working with the ones as far as we know 
obviously. Yeah, that that we knew that there were he Israel like Izzy Wolf Wolfork, their quarterbacks coach, did admit last week he got some first team reps. Jonathan Gannon, Gannon laughed that off. He said it was it was a, it was like three. <laughs> that he was but, mostly getting reps with the second team. Now, the way the Cardinals do things, the way the Cardinals do things is they have their, their game prep stuff, so they've got scout team versus, so their defense versus scout team, office versus scout team, so that they're practicing their game prep stuff. But they also do, they also like to do a portion of competitive, so good on good, and, you know, just to keep things competitive. Um, and and their, their padded practices on Thursdays, and that's when that that's when all the cardinals they, they always end up get, getting those new injuries pop up it's because they have their physical that have their physical practice but it looks like so what they were doing last week for the most part was getting kyler murray doing um competitive reps against the starting defense because he needs reps and so to the closest thing to opponent starting defenses in a game speed setting would be to go against practice and competitive practice reps against your starting defense. Really smart, but like you said, Seth, this is like his training camp. He has had months and months of classroom work, but he has not. He's had now, including Thursday, five physical practices. Five physical practices, and while there's people who say, well, Josh Dobbs, he started in week one after having two weeks or six practices with the team. There is a slight difference. One, he had been in the offense before. Two, he had an entire physical offseason. Um, so he was getting football reps. He was going under center. He was getting those physical reps and played in the preseason. And so he, he, he got game speed live you know, they like live bullets were flying, even like <laughs> we like to use the war references with, with football. And so all he was doing was he had to learn the rep, the, the terminology when he got here and knew, and basically the offense and his teammates and all that. And we remember how terrible he looked in week one. That said, isn't it? <laughs> fans, there's a lot of fans who are like, why would they hype it if he's not coming back? I'm like, why wouldn't they? <laughs> this is, this is totally, it might totally be gainsmanship. Make them prepare for Kyler Murray. Not only that, but they didn't really hype it. They put out their injury report, and well, the, well we then, are, the, then the social media team had the eyeball emojis, so they're like, "Hey, looky well, here!" Yeah, a little bit of that. It started with with Darren too, by the way, Darren Urban, who's yes. the least uh, wants the the least to do with any of that and any... he doesn't know they they do right. not the, the, to be very clear the cardinals media department they do not know they don't know when the team is going to do things so it's not like he he doesn't have insider information the closest thing to insider information they get is they do this is from from people i know who have worked with darren in the past is that when they sign a player in the off season they have a heads up of a few hours or a day before because they have to they have to be the first to have the write-up done and so they don't release a press release until it's basically they've already got their story written press release goes out published story that's it so they don't know what the plan for kyler murray is they find out a little bit ahead of everyone else 
Right. And, you know, so I think a lot of this is just going to come down to this, you know, what they want to do, how they want to continue to go about it. Um, and I think, you know, like you said, putting him in a position where he'll have success the first time out. And, you know, I think it was interesting because Gannon has said uh, a couple of times during this whole situation, right, that he's like, he's like, I'm glad Kyler wants it, but, I, you know, at the end of the day, I'm making the decision, right? Yeah, like They, they and, have a plan. Kyler knows the plan. And I think that I think they've been very good about that. Does the, all that means like the one thing we know it means being off the injury report is that the knee is no longer limiting his practice reps at the knee, like the physical part of the knee. That is not an issue anymore. Um, and being a full participant on Wednesday and what I wrote about this, it depends on what type of full participation was. If he was getting full participation, first team reps, doing the game prep that Dobbs has been doing for the last seven weeks, okay, he's going to play. But I do not think for a minute, I don't think for a minute that they will split first team reps with the game planning stuff where they're, where they're practicing against the, the scout team playing the Baltimore defense. I do not believe for a second that they would put Kyler, they would activate Kyler and start him if he didn't have a full set of practice reps during the week with the full full first team. Unless, and we talked about it, and I don't think they'll do it, but, you know, if they did activate him to be the backup and do two series, that would be something new for a quarterback because they do it with other players. They do it with other players coming off ACLs. They'll limit their snap counts. Um, But, yeah, like, unless they're planning on playing Kyler a couple of series, I don't see any chance of that happening. And may, maybe rolling him in that, but if if the report was on Sunday, and these are national reporters don't go with things unless they're pretty on track, and the Cardinals, so local reporters don't scoop anything because the front office only talks with national reporters. And so when, he, when Rappaport comes out and says expect him in November – I would expect him in November. Right. And, you know, it's one of those situations, too, where this is the next home game. And so I think if this would have been two weeks ago, this is when we would have seen him. Uh, but you and I have basically said from the beginning, like the the dates that made the most sense were always uh, Baltimore or uh, Atlanta, right? Just right. from a being at home situation, and that that Atlanta game makes a lot of sense because you kind of look at it. Well, Atlanta's anything, anything not a, else, James Conner will be back. Well, that we anticipate well, he'll be back, and and you know what? You need to, especially if they look how bad Dobbs has been without. Jonathan, without James Conner. If there's one thing you want to do when he, when Conner comes back is make sure he's protected with a run game. And you need that with Conner. Now, we don't know what else is going to happen. Other guys might get hurt or whatnot, but you need Conner back. And, and that's the perfect way. It's the perfect way to do that. You get Kyler, you have Conner back. And so then you've got a game where you are fully locked and loaded on offense against an Atlanta team that is 
it's a team you're like, are they good? Right. And and you look at it and you go, you've got Atlanta, then you go to Houston in what's going to end up being a big game just for draft pick purposes. Then you have LA who is, you know, as we've seen, kind of a up and down team. You know, they're they're but not, they're at home. But they're at home. And then and then that at Pittsburgh game. That'll be a really interesting game, but that's, you know, one we'll get to as we get closer, but it'll be a really interesting game for that. But, you know, you look at it, um, I think it's the best way to do it because then you get the buy right after that. Right. And, and so then you finish with obviously a tough San Francisco team, but it's at home. Like you said, at Chicago could be a huge game from an implications of, of draft picks. And then at, at Philly, and we know that's going to be a really tough one. So we'll go from there. (laughs) Um, and so, and so it just makes sense. You know, you kind of give him a mini buy, you know, he plays an eight game season. You look at it and, and, you know, they'll probably be sitting at one in one in uh, eight at that point. Right. Yes, for sure. And so, and so you look at it and you go, all right, get us to five wins, like get us to five and 12 and people will be like, well, that's terrible. But if you go four and four, the back half with your starting quarterback yep. with a team that was one and uh, nine before he came back or one and eight before... <laughs> that would be that that's perfect honestly to go. that's a yeah. perfect way to go right so you have to be excited about it coming up next on the rise of here at podcast best of cardinals talk on the web uh let's let's talk about this <coughs> let's preview the game let's look at the baltimore ravens what they do and how they do it that's coming up next on rise of sea red we're back on the rise of sea red podcast best of cardinals talk on the web Cardinals Ravens this is our preview show previews picks prop bets and so we're on the preview part Baltimore is good okay five and two they had a couple of stinky losses earlier in the season but let's 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 be very clear Baltimore is good and if last week is anything is a preview of anything moving forward the Ravens are leg- are legit Legitimate Super Bowl contender if they have rolled into form. They're five and two. As as you're going to hear on the on my second show when I talked to Daniel Lucox, this is a Ravens team where it isn't defense, defense, defense. So the defense isn't like a calling card. And even still, through seven games, they are number one in points allowed. They allow the fewest points per game in the entire NFL, thirteen point nine, and they are number two in yards allowed so for a team where the defense is not supposed to be like the center focus that's a damn good defense it's kind of crazy man um to look at it you know we we talked about seattle last week and and we were both obviously super impressed with the running game and, and getting anything out of that running game against what was going into that game i believe the number two overall rushing defense in the nfl and you know they outrushed seattle in that game and we've talked about a lot of that comes down to getting some running from josh dobbs and whatnot but you go into this game you're talking about the number one scoring defense less than two touchdowns a game um you know you're talking about one of the best yard defenses number two in fact overall in the nfl NFL sacks 29 sacks in in seven games that is a lot and let's look at some of the numbers okay five and a half sacks from Justin Matabuike three and a half from Patrick Queen three and a half from Jadavion Clowney 
a very good edge defender who doesn't put up a lot of sacks. He's got three and a half sacks in seven games. Kyle Hamilton, a safety, has three. Kyle Vinoy, a 32-year-old linebacker, has three. A, a guy I've never, like their cornerback, Arthur Mallett, one that has two. Roquan Smith has a sack and a half, and they have four or five other guys. One, actually, yeah, they have six other guys with a sack. They have 29 sacks that leads the NFL, and they're doing it from everywhere. Yeah, and and that's the thing. So you look at it, you know, they're they're number two in passing yards and number one in in pass touchdowns allowed. They're number uh, nine in rushing yards allowed, and and number two in in rushing touchdowns allowed. And a lot of it comes down to that they're playing from ahead, right? And so NFL teams get on this weird kick where they're like, well, we can't continue to run the ball. We're losing. And and you look at the games that have been close or even losses for them. And outside of that Pittsburgh game where it was just kind of an anomaly, um, obviously the three, t- the three turnovers helped Pittsburgh. I think they had, what, two defensive scores in that game or, or at least one. Um, you look at it, yeah, they had the safety. They forced the safety. Um, you know, they had a bunch of Chris Boswell filled goals. Pittsburgh did. Like it wasn't like their their offense played well. Their their offense was very Arizona Cardinals ish, if you will, in that game, uh, getting three turnovers and and not really scoring a whole lot of points from it. But you look at it, the two games that have been kind of close or or a loss. They lost to Indian overtime and Indy ran for 139 yards rushing. And then uh, the the game before Detroit against Tennessee, Tennessee ran for 129 yards and and only lost 24-16. There's, there's a reality here. If you can run the ball, keep Lamar Jackson and that talented offense off the field, you can run the ball against this defense. And you might say, well, they're number, they're number two in, or number nine in rushing yards allowed. They're very they, average in yards per 4.2 they're very average like what is it 15 right. 15 Nin- in the league they're right in the Nin- middle they're down to 19 actually so like that's the thing is keep them off the field but it's easier said than done right like <laughs> right right then that that's well and i think that that's where i, I think where the game, cardinals game plan early might find success uh that said they force turnovers they they have the 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 Ravens have seven takeaways over the last four games, three in the last two, um, and, and and that's a huge thing because you look at it they, you know that's the first game they forced two turnovers against Houston who, let's be honest, first game for a rookie weren't very good. Then against Cincy they they forced a turnover, but then. In that loss to Indy, they didn't force any. And like you said, Correct. seven in seven in the last four, um, three against Cleveland in in what was a, a beat down. I mean, they just <laughs> beat down the Browns, and then they only forced one last week against Detroit. But again, that game was never even close. Nope. Like it never <laughs> felt like Detroit even belonged on the field with them. And that's and, where that's where Lamar Jackson comes in because their offense has been okay. And Lamar Jackson has been pretty good. But last week's game, 357 passing yards, three touchdown passes, and a rushing touchdown. He looked like MVP Lamar Jackson. And if that is anything like the future of the rest of this season, 
then the Ravens are going to be some team to be reckoned with for the rest of the year. And, oh my gosh, if Lamar plays anything close to that, the Cardinals will absolutely get blown out of the water at home. Yeah, and, and you know, it's one of those situations you look at it, it's it sucks. And the way he played last week, thank God it happened last week. <laughs> and, and not, uh, yes, they, they had their get-right game. So please don't get righter <laughs> right. this week. And, and, and that's kind of what you look at it as, is that this is just a team that it's unfortunately, um, they're just better at literally every position on the field. <laughs> From just from a talent perspective, it's true. It's um, true. Then the Arizona Cardinals, and and if their offense is getting more in tune, then it's going to be even a more difficult situation because you look at it. You know, they've got two guys over 300 yards rushing, and Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know, receiving wise, it hasn't been great but it hasn't been bad zay flowers looks like what you know we kind of expected him to look like coming out 442 yards mark andrews is one of the what top three to five tight ends in the five NFL. touchdown catches so far yeah and he's still averaging you know almost uh, 13 yards a catch yeah and 60 yards per game so he's on pace for another thousand yard season um odell's done nothing but no no but and, I mean, and here's getting... the thing well uh, yeah well jeez. Uh, yeah, so Dell, for what we know, he still hasn't done anything, and that's kind of scary because like, I don't want to say Odell's washed up, and but he's going to be going against Marco Wilson, so yeah, that's so yeah, it's just it's just a it's just a difficult matchup, and we knew it was coming into the season. It's gotten increasingly more difficult as the season's gone along um and you look at it and that that meshes with what is going on in vegas i know we're about to touch on it but the line has moved one and a half points in the last day so is it about up to 10 now nine and a half now. nine and a half yeah so it was it was at eight it opened at eight moved up to eight and a half dropped to seven and a half that oh you know that had to be wasn't that yesterday? That was right after the Kyler injury report thing. It had to be. Yeah, and and then it's back up to nine and a half today. Because people are raising, nah, he's not coming back. Well, not just that, but like down to seven and a half, people are like, bet the Ravens. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my gosh, yeah. And this, the, oh, this Ravens team is incredibly talented. They don't really have any weaknesses. The weakness is if Lamar's not right. And if Lamar is right, this offense is fantastic. Um, and well, uh, some of the, you could you could blame some of the offensive slowness. They didn't play their starters in the preseason, and so the first few games was their preseason in a new offensive system with Todd Monken. the The defense has been exceptional, and that, that in fact let let's go to that because there's there's matchups and keys. So coming up next on the Rise Up Sierra podcast, the best of Cardinals talk on the web. Let's move to the next segment where we talk about keys and the matchups because there's lots of them. Let's come to next on Rise Up Red. We're back on the Rise Up Sierra podcast, the best of Cardinals talk on the web. We've talked with Seth Cox, um, talking about the the we talked about Kyler the potential return. Uh, we talked about the preview or, or preview the Ravens, kind of look at who they are. Let's look at individual matchups. These are some, there's some big ones. 
in this one. And like Zay Flowers. And, and, and the Cardinals did a really good job and, and did not let a receiver go off against Seattle. Are they going to be able to do that this week? Or is Zay Flowers going to go bonkers? Or is this the game that Odell has a monster game? No, I think it'll be a, a Zay Flowers, Mark Andrews, kind of, you know, Gus Edwards slash Lamar rushing game. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're eyes are on Garrett Williams, perhaps, or, or, or maybe Jalen Thompson, perhaps, is back. Yeah, where Where is Zay? I mean, they move Zay around. He, he does. Bit, he gets moved they? around a lot, but I think he is... Like his primary spot is the slot, I would guess. But but if his, he, uh, I was told they do move him around a lot, which means it'll a lot of guys will get some looks against him. But we like to we like to peg individual matchups because that's not nearly as much as to say all oh, the Cardinals cornerbacks against. Yeah, so powers. so you look at it when he's in the obviously when he's in the slot. So he's been 146 snaps in the slot, and. 260 snaps out wide so i think when he's in the slot it's going to be more garrett right it's got to be unless unless jalen's is back in there and i wonder if with thompson back if they will make him safety i was like i don't like that's that's another thing to see because last week the question was who's in the slot okay this week because we jalen thompson and antonio hamilton were both out so if thompson is back does that push Williams to the bench, or does that change Thompson's role so that you you go with Buddha Thompson in the back, and then you go with Star Marco and Garrett playing corner, as opposed to having Andre Sachere in the defensive backfield? I'm not sure which I'd like better, but like I like the potential. I like the potential of using Garrett Williams, so that the youth and the the potential there more than having Sashray in the in the back. But but that that'll be an interesting thing is where where Williams falls with everything once guys are healthy. Um, right. That, that that's so, what I'm interested in. So you know, obviously, you have Zay when he's in the slot. You're looking at, at Williams or um, Williams or Thompson. But let me ask you this, if because most of Mark Andrews' time is in the slot as well. So if they're going if they're going double slot, like when they go four wide with, with Andrews and Zay in the slot together, you have to put Thompson on on Andrews more, right? Or you, at least on that so. side. You, you just would from a so. size comparison. Yeah, that, that would make sense. That would make sense. Now I wonder would I you wonder go- if they've played against each other uh going back to zay and, and garrett in in college i'm gonna look real quick go ahead i, I was wondering if you're looking at odell if you'd rather see assuming that well and, and the and the and the depth chart shows it they actually shows it star thompson starling starling thomas that is um getting the first he's now ahead of keetro clark on the depth chart so would you rather see Star Thomas or Marco Wilson on Odell? And my guess is with what the Cardinals do, they won't have him because Marco really struggled against Jamar Chase, like lots of people do, when he was following him. If they will just go with, you've got a side, you've got a place, you've got a, you have a zone. But would you rather see Marco or Star on, on Odell? Um, 
shoot. I think Marco. I don't just because he hasn't Odell hasn't been good this year. Um, so I think you can get away with Marco versus uh Tyler Lockett or not Tyler Lockett, sorry, uh Rashad Rashad Bateman, Rashad Bateman or Nelson Aguilar who've really been, you know, a little bit more productive, especially Aguilar. He's got two touchdown receptions. Like I don't know if I necessarily want to leave um uh, leave that up to chance i I don't it's tough though with how poorly marco's played until this last week right yeah that's that's the i mean we do know this you know if he can get some technical consistency he has the tools to be absolutely great but he's also so wildly inconsistent like his bad is bad and his good is great that's that's and that's that's where like when like we go back to patrick peterson most of the time, so his good was great, but even his bad up until just the last, like the yeah, last year and a half, his bad was just not bad. His last year here, his bad was bad. Now he has picked it up because of uh, I, I believe they're scheming him better in his new, you know, since the Vikings and, and the Steelers, because uh, he was he was really good with with the Vikings, and I think it was the scheme helped him with that but that you, you want to you want to bring the floor up and that that's been the problem with with marco is that the floor was being very low yeah and it's you know that's the that's the issue i think ideally he's covering bateman when bateman's in and then you can kind of readjust from there but they play so much zone anyways right yeah that, that it's just you want him not having to worry about covering Zay in a in a straight line race because <laughs> he's probably going to lose. Yeah, uh, the, the, there's lots of good matchups to look at um, on the on the front. Justin Matabuike up against Will Hernandez is going to be a big one. Jadavian Clowney against Paris Johnson is going to be a big one up front. Um, yeah, I think those are the big ones, and and then also obviously we also want to see. And this is not this is not for matchup purposes. This is like, so is Tristan Cologne the starter now? Well, not just that, but you have a couple other ones. I mean, one you have uh, Josh Dobbs, assuming he's still starting against Geno Stone. Geno Stone's the safety for the Ravens. Um, you know they play a ton of zone matchup, and he leads the NFL in interceptions this year. Oh. Um, and so when that's happening how is he going to handle it? What's he going to be able to do against stone? Um, can he, can, can he win the individual matchup or is stone going to be able to bait him into some bad plays? Like he has a number of, of quarterbacks, including, you know, Jared Goff, uh, Ryan Tannehill a couple weeks ago, and then, and then Deshaun Watson. So like, it's not like, it would be a surprise or, you know, anything negative about Dobbs, but that's going to be a big one. And then can anybody block Roquan Smith? I mean, he's literally probably been the best linebacker in the NFL this year. Um, he's, you know, he, he's just been all over the place. He's coming off an all pro season. He makes that defense go both offensive or both against the run and, and the pass. So when Trey McBride is going into into uh, routes, 
is McBride able to win against Roquan Smith? Because he's done a fantastic. I mean, you look at Sam Laporta last week, the the rookie tight end from the uh, Lions, and he had Laporta in hell. I mean, just in complete hell in that game. Uh, you know, he finished with six catches for fifty-two yards, but like to <laughs> that was his second worst game of the season after you look at the week before in Tampa. And of course we know uh, Tampa and their linebackers are phenomenal in coverage as well. So it's just one of those situations you look at, can, can they win against this? Like you said, elite defense, you talked about Matabuke, you talked about Jadavion. I mean, they just have so much, uh, is DJ Humphreys up for it against uh, Odafe Owe, uh, who's who's had what did you say now, three and a half sacks yeah, this Owe, year? Interestingly enough, popped up on the injury report for Baltimore on Thursday. Same with Odell, um, limited on Thursday for Odell with his shoulder, Owe with an ankle. So those are those midweek injuries are those always the ones you're like, ooh, what happens? Like DK last, well DK. He was already into the end of the week, but those are ones that always pop up. You're like, Oh, is the, how's that going to affect things? Yeah. And you know, the other one that you have to look at is can they, uh, can Josh Dobbs <laughs> protect his teammates? Because Kyle, no. Hamilton, <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> Kyle Hamilton is going to try to kill somebody. I mean, he does it every game. I, so, I can't wait to see Hollywood. I, that, there's one guy that I want to see. Hollywood wants to have a big game, so please, Dobbs, get him the ball. Some, connect with him. He's going to go up against. I mean, he, see, Baltimore's got two really good cornerbacks, and but he's been cooking everyone. He's been getting behind everybody, and maybe that's a little bit by design because they don't trust. No one trusts Dobbs to be able to complete those passes now. But I, I guess that's the one guy I want to see. And my eyes are always on the on the Cardinals edge guys, but but Baltimore's tackles. You know, Morgan Movis is having a good year, and Ronnie Stanley is rounding into form. Ronnie Stanley, one of the best tackles a few years back. Injuries and injuries and injuries have beset him. Yeah, and I mean, you look at it. They there's rumors, and hopefully those rumors are not true until after the game on Sunday. But there's rumors that you know the Ravens are making overtures about Derrick Henry. They, I mean, <laughs> obviously. You no, 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 no. You can't do that. You can't give Lamar Jackson Derrick Henry. Right. No. And you, and you obviously do what's best for your team. But, like, you look at their rushing totals per game. They don't need Derrick Henry. Even, I mean, remember, J.K. Dobbins blew his, yeah. his Achilles in the first game. And since that game. They're averaging 145 yards per game rushing. 145, I think, I think that's fairly close to what the Cardinals average per game passing. So, like, they're, like, it's just, like like just said, you, you can run through the entire Tyler Linderbaum. Their center has been, you know, fantastic. They obviously, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Ronnie Stanley. They they've done a great job, kind of building this roster over around their talent and and you know finding guys that fit with what um, Lamar does well and finding guys that fit 
um, you know, that can fit in that offense. They went and signed a veteran in Morgan Moses, you know, Kevin Zeitler. Like you look at what they have on their O line and it's this beautiful mix of, of power and, and speed and the ability to, and, and young and old. And like, it's just, it's a, a class a in team building and yeah, I mean, they're going to, it's going to be a game where it's going to, you know, demand a lot of, of, josh dobbs to not make mistakes but also to be able to move the ball consistently for them to stay in the game because i just they're going to have to keep pace offensively i mean that's just the reality of it you look at what they've done this year uh the ravens they're they're just really really good at at scoring points and you know the the cardinals are not yeah (laughs) That, there's no, there's no good way to put it. They okay, they were because they were putting up 28 points, you know, 28 points against you know the Giants, 28 points against the Cowboys. They put up 19 against San Francisco and, and should have, and again should have had 26 um, based on the the end of that game. So, but you know, lose, and they score, They still scored 20 against the Bengals, but the, after that, it has just been a, it's been a struggle bus. It's been the bus of struggle since that point. And so I guess key-wise, I guess n- number one, they've got to start fast, right? And they've got to, they have to, they have to score early points and they have to keep trying to run the ball, right? They, they can't get away. They, they can't afford to get away from running the ball. There's no way for them if they, if they, Get away from the running from the running game. They will probably score three points. Yeah, it's funny because you know, and we're going to talk about it shortly. But the over under in this game is forty four and a half. And I, in uh, my weekly conversation with the enemy, I I said the over under is forty four and a half. Do the Ravens score over forty? where that's attainable or do they have such a defensive letdown that they allow the Cardinals to score 10 or more <laughs> and that's because it doesn't feel like it's I mean it just doesn't feel like there's any way that the Cardinals can get it to 24 21 right like it just that seems like such a mountain to climb the way they've played especially the last three weeks yeah it, it absolutely does um it seems like we have the same keys every week right they can't turn the ball over they they can't afford that period. They have to force turnovers. I um, think this is the first week though that we've said that they have got to got to run the ball well. Like yeah, and, and we talked about the only way because it, it and I, I keep going to keep saying this. You can mark Josh Dobbs' decline in the passing game directly with losing James Conner. And last week they quote unquote ran the ball well, but it was an impactful run. So they're having to they're having to gimmick their wordy yards with, with Dobbs scrambles and, and Ronald Moore in the backfield. And that's different. And while while that's important for the run game, it's not the same as as getting tough yards. And and DeMarcado did fine. You know, fifty eight yards, thirteen carries. But they they're gonna need I think they're going to need seventy five yards from their running backs to like if we're just looking at the running backs only and then have the gimmick yards after that they need 75 yards from their running backs to even be in a conversation of staying competitive 
Right. And, and, you know, they're going to have to just limit the hell out of, out of, cause I, I mean, if the, the Ravens and I'm going back to last week uh, against Seattle, if the Ravens get the same amount of, of drives. So, so this, the Ravens had, or sorry, the Seahawks had 10 drives. Um, and then we can call it nine without that, uh, without the kneel downs at the end of the game. So nine drives. It feels like, I know this is crazy, but it feels like at least five of those are touchdown drives with how they played last week. And and I, and remember, Jess and I talked about this to begin with. They did that against Detroit last week. So that's not like it's it's not a joke. Like that's how good this offense can be when they're on and they've already shown it twice this year. Yeah, that's that's rough. Coming up next on the Rise of Seward podcast, the best of our Cardinals talk on the web. Let's move on to our last segment. Let's make our actual predictions and picks and talk about some prop bets, though there aren't as many as we would like. That's coming up next on Rise of Seward. Back on the Rise of Seward podcast, the best of our Cardinals talk on the web. Time to talk picks and predictions. Um, I, I It sounds like it's safe to say that you do not think the Cardinals were backdoor cover this week. Am I correct? No, I'm giving up on that uh, pipe dream. You know, it was a good, it was a good three week or what was it, five week run, and then it's it's really gone downhill since then. And and every the fact that we can't even call the first half part or the first half. Uh, no, lines I'm anymore. not. I'm not making that prediction this week. Not making that prediction this week. Cause... Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because those those both felt like great small wins for us and in, in, as the situation was going and now and and here's a couple things to know um you can bet quarters obviously and things like that um so the ravens have covered in every second quarter of the season um they're minus three and a half in the second quarter as of right now plus 105 so take that um you know that's obviously an easy one uh you look at the obviously the first half uh total points at 22 and a half i would i would take the over in the first half just because that's tends to be when the cardinals score their points right like what we've seen from them throughout this year um they haven't scored a in three games now uh since 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 you correct Yep. Yeah. And so, so you know, if if you're comfortable betting the over forty four and a half in general, then that's on you. That's a you know that's a decision <laughs> you you'll make. But you have to understand that it's very unlikely. And and I mean, the last three games, the Cardinals have scored six combined points in the second half, and all six of those came against Cincy. It's just yeah, it feels daunting to see that number. Uh, move in any direction so you know i i don't mind the over 22 and a half i would not take the over in the game i would yeah I, my score prediction is 28 13 and i this is with the defense continuing to play very hard and i think it also leads to they are they they, they start running the ball a lot <laughs> 
And so a very methodical run game, it just gets it's gonna slow things down and they just won't have the chance to hit the thirty. So yeah, I don't I don't love the over for that. Um player props are few and far between for the Cardinals. Although so here's a here's an interesting stat. You've got Mark Andrews coming in. You've got Mark Andrews coming into this weekend with five touchdowns. You know what the Cardinals have not done yet this year? They have not allowed a touchdown to a tight end. So something's got to give this week. <laughs> yeah, so let's see. Do we... Let me see. So we've got total combined touchdowns. Mark Andrews. Do we want to... Do Oh, we... This one is an interesting one. Combined touchdowns in Mari DiMarcado and Mark Andrews. Under half a touchdown plus 135. If, yeah, if, we, if we look I, at the trends here, because the Cardinals have not given up a tight end touchdown. Um, and, uh, you know, DiMarcado, he's probably not going to score. <laughs> I don't know. You, you would, yeah, you would assume he won't. But, I mean, you know crazier things have happened it's interesting that there's no player touchdown bets yet in this uh, at least on uh, DraftKings. you know there there are like you said passing touchdowns but no no rushing or receiving touchdown or or any time or first or anything like that um i i do say over 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 on lamar jackson's 231 and a half passing yards yeah there's a that seems that's really low. That seems yeah. <laughs> that's really low. I also I also like him over one and a half passing touchdowns. I know he you know he doesn't throw or if they get close, he doesn't always throw the ball. But again, I think we're talking five or six touchdowns in this game. And so, you know, I I think they're gonna have the opportunity to uh kind of replicate what we saw last week where they won thirty eight to to six type stuff. By the way, that still doesn't get us to the <laughs> over, even if <laughs> I know. Like thirty-eight to three, still the under guys, still right. the and, under. And so you look at it, you know, he threw one to Aguilar, two to Mark Andrews, and then they he had a rushing touchdown, and, and Gus Edwards had a rushing touchdown. I think you're going to see something similar to that this week. Um, so I and on DraftKings right now it's plus one hundred five, so it's plus money uh, to get him over one and a half touchdowns. I like that. I like his uh, over passing and rushing yards because it's only 284 and a half i would take that up to 300 because i just feel like he's going to put up a 75 you know 250 type of game against the cardinals the only thing that jess and i will both caveat everything with is if they're up if somehow they're up like 35 or 40 at at the end of the third quarter and so they pull everybody like that's that's the caveat right where they don't have to because I mean, in last week's game when they were up thirty-five to nothing, they were still throwing the ball, still you know t- taking shots against the Lions. It may get out of hand more quickly. It could get out of hand more quickly if they play just as well as they have. Um, the last Lamar prop that I like, and and you notice we're not talking about the Cardinals. Well, it's hard when they don't have any prop. That, that, that's out. the thing is that Josh. There are no Josh Dobbs props. There's passing props. There's no rushing props uh, other than like combined rushing props with with we they're, do have they're a couple receiving res- props i i do like hollywood over 49 and a half, and a half. Because especially this I, is this is this is a going back this is playing his old team he's going to want to have a good game um i'm not super confident 
But I think it will happen because they will. I think they'll scheme for that. I I I don't know if it'll be on big plays. So I wouldn't go with like longest reception, but in volume, I think he'll hit fifty yards. Well, and I think there's a couple other ones. I think Michael Wilson over twenty eight and a half. Again, it's not going to be that'll about, be two catches. He'll have two catches for thirty five yards. Yeah, it's not going to be about big plays, but it could be about you know at the end of game or you know desperation throwing the ball some. Um, I I would stay away from Trey McBride's number this week. Like I said, Roquan Smith fantastic um if you can get a combined number for rondell moore look at it um anything in the 25 range uh we only have over under receiving yards at 26 and a half i'd stay away from just his plain receiving yards but if you can get a combined rush receiving in the 25 and a half to 31 and a half range i would take that number um and then another interesting one lamar to throw an interception is plus 120 you look at his season thus far um you know he's been good but he's got three interceptions and in those the interception games have come against houston pittsburgh who has a good defense and tennessee so it's not like he's thrown interceptions against the really good teams so would that be something you would look at with plus money i mean and as much as they're probably going to throw the ball in this game um you know mm, no probably not this week i mean maybe it's worth maybe it's worth laying a a few bucks on just just for just for sake just for just because of the odds but like i i have so little faith in this in this cardinal defense and then once the Dobbs numbers come out, I'm going to guess it's going to be a real, real bad like number. 188 yeah, and a half. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm going to guess his, like, uh, his interception number is going to be, like, minus 175. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> like, it would be, you know, yeah, uh, over half, over 0.5, and it's minus two, 250. Right. If you if you can get and I've never seen them do over one and a half, like more than one interception. But if they do it and it's plus money, I would still take yes. it. Honestly. Like Sadly. and that's again not a shot at Dobbs. I just think that's just that money. It, this is not about that's not about her heart. That's just about the money. Right. And so <laughs> those are you know, this is a tough week because it's literally Thursday and there's barely any numbers for Cardinals. The other one I wanted to ask you about Matt Prater point after attempts made his under one and a half is minus one ten. That feels like a good bet because that's just them scoring one one touchdown. touchdown. That's, that's not bad. That's not bad. And and my score prediction goes with that. So if you could, you could go with that plus over one and a half field goals at plus plus one twenty. Yeah, maybe, and, maybe if you want to go crazy and parlay the two together and make for a really nice positive odds, right? I think I think both of those are are really good bets because, like we said, I don't expect them to score a bunch of touchdowns. I, I you know, I'll be quite frankly shocked if they score more than one, right? Um, and unless they get a defensive or special team type touchdown, you know, offensively, I could see one scenario where they get more than one touchdown, and that would be they got an early touchdown playing well early and then yeah. a garbage time touchdown 100 percent. you're exactly right that's where that's how that would work out if, if it were to work out that way 
And so, and even still, even still, so you look at the, I've got 2813 in a world I could see, like, oh, oh, I was, I was pointing out that there were some really crazy, crazy, um, correct score ones that you could, that you could go on. There's some crazy ones that you can do, like, correct score, and here, here's some, here's some fun ones, like, if I'm pegging about 13 points for the Cardinals and the and the the Ravens still cover. So I'm looking at 2713 is plus 12,500. That seems a very palatable possibility. Or if you want to go to 30 to 13 plus 17,500 or 3113 which I which I think mathematically makes a lot of it's four touchdowns in a field goal plus 15,000. You know, with all four of those bets, like if, if I'm looking at, if if I'm gonna if I'm gonna try one of these crazy ones, I am hedging by putting a putting a little bit on all four of those on uh, twenty seven thirteen thirty to thirteen thirty one to thirteen and thirty three thirteen at thirty plus thirty five thousand because if you hit on any one of them, it don't. That's matter. a good day. Yeah. <laughs> it don't matter. <laughs> yeah, it ends up being a really good day. Yeah, and that's what I mean. And I'm looking at this. I think this one goes uh, 35 to uh, to seven. The the Ravens win. I don't think it's close. I don't think it's particularly uh, competitive. And I I don't think that the Cardinals get more than that garbage time touchdown. Um, and hopefully the uh, you don't think if, they they don't. You, so you're not liking. You're not liking the the field goal prop this week. Uh, I do like it. I I just you know I just don't know. Like it's a good bet, but that's not yeah, a good prediction. Yeah. Right, exactly. Like typically, I can see this team usually getting to ten to thirteen points this week. It's I I just it's going to be tough to see unless Blake Gillikin again is a moron and can't get the laces out. <laughs> oh my a- gosh, Prater was like I I don't know if he was more upset at himself. But he was so he was livid on the sideline after his missed field goal. Yeah, so we'll see how this all works out. Um, like like we said, this is one of the more depressing episodes we've had, and quite frankly, <laughs> so uh, go make some money, make some yeah. bets against the Cardinals, make some money, bet have a Ravens. reason to watch the game. That's right, bet the bet the Ravens to cover, but don't bet the total. Because it could honestly, it could go either way. Because you know, if they right. put up a four, if 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 they put up a forty spot, that just means a single touchdown will get you the over. I I like the under, but I'm not betting the under. Right, exactly. All right, with that, this will wrap up this edition of the Rise Up Series podcast. Best of Cardinals talk on the web. We have our 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 special guest show coming up tomorrow. And then Seth and I will be back on Tuesday night, so you'll hear it on Wednesday. It'll The show will drop on Wednesday when we'll be talking about a review of the Cardinals and Ravens. Hopefully it's not too terrible. But, yeah, that's Seth Cox. I'm Jess Root. Thanks for listening, as always. We'll be back again soon. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. Listen to previous episodes and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Audioboom, or many other podcast platforms so shows are delivered directly to your mobile device. Please give the show a five-star rating and always support the sponsors who support the show. We'll be back soon for the best hour of Cardinals Talk on the web. 
Rise Up Red Sea, Be Red Sea Red, and of course, Rise Up Sea Red. Sea Red.